Hey guys, Joshua Miller here. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. It doesn't cost a thing to download. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, Podcast, and many, many more. It automatically will send them to those. You can make money from the podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. You don't have to click and drag from one to another and have several open and use it. It's all in one place for you. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks. Have a great day. Good morning, everybody. Good to see you in the house of the Lord again today. Amen. Thank the Lord for the music and everyone who participated. Amen. You know, the music, we thank God for it. Uh, helps our hearts to, sets our hearts to worship Him and worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. Thank the Lord for that. I uh, hope you had a good week this past week. I hope everyone's doing well. I know we still have some sick. I've heard, and continue to remember them in your prayers. Uh, to take your Bibles and turn to Acts chapter 5, we'll do a little bit of a recap here while you're turning. We've started a series in the book of Acts, um, the Acts of the, the Holy Ghost, and we, looked, we started with the ascension of Jesus Christ and what the promise that He had given us that He must leave in order for the but the Comforter to come. And He left through the Ascension. And we saw at Pentecost, through the power of the Holy Ghost, falling upon all of the disciples and the apostles there. And through Peter's sermon, we saw that thousands were saved, were won to the, the saving knowledge of the truth in Jesus Christ. 3,000 were saved then. And we looked a little further and... We had seen even thousands and thousands and thousands more saved and to know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior through the movement of the Holy Ghost coming in and indwelling all those who believe. And we're starting to see the, the momentum here of the Holy Ghost moving and, and taking all of the, the Christians together and there's this huge movement is, is, is getting momentum and starting to roll as these, the Christians are proclaiming the gospel through the Holy Spirit. And we see that the apostles and the disciples continue to seek the will of the Lord through the Holy Spirit. And we've seen as the miracles taking place. We've seen the lame man. Uh, remember Peter and John, it, it says, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. So we've seen some amazing things take place. And we'll pick up here in chapter 5, but we'll go back in chapter 4 and pick up a little bit there too. We'll go a little back and forth here. But what I want to look at right now is Acts chapter 5 and verse 3. 
But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land? Let's pray. Dear Father, Lord, I thank you for today. Thank you for your many blessings. I come to you today, Lord. I thank you for those, for the church here, the congregation, uh, the, the body of Christ that's here, Lord. I thank you for the privilege to be here. I pray that you would use me, give me the clear thoughts and clear speech to present your word according to your will. I pray that it won't be anything of any of my, my agenda, but to completely serve you and to uplift your name. I pray that you meet the needs here, everyone here today. Uh, we uplift you, give you the glory and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land? We had seen everything going pretty well up to this point. Uh, Peter and John had been uh, thrown in jail. They're trying to, by the uh, Pharisees and Sadducees, trying to get rid of them. They've already run up against some opposition up to this point, but they kept going. The church was looking good. The Christians are... Uh, gaining numbers, gaining more and more Christians every day. And we see that that, that mo- the great movement here, and we've seen that, I think, in earlier in chapter 3, or at the end of chapter 2, all things were in common. Every, fear came upon every soul, and they saw the wonders and signs that were done by the disciples, and all of them believed and had all things in common. And we see again this same this same mentioned here in chapter 4 and verse 32. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. Neither said any of them that all of these things which he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Neither was there any among them that lacked, for as many as were possessors of lands or houses sold them, and brought the prices of the things that were sold, and laid them down at the apostles' feet, and distribution was made unto every man according as he had needs. And then it mentions a particular one, Jose, who by the apostles surnamed Barnabas, which is being interpreted the son of consolation, a Levite, and of the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it, and brought the money, and laid it at the apostles' feet. So we see here the movement of all the Christians working together as the Bible describes the body of Christ. They move together, the one body, all the Christians combined together, working together as the body of Christ. And we realize that some, already to this point, some were praying, some were preaching, some were supplying needs to others. We see that they had taken their own of their blessings of their possessions that they had they sold and the money they gave to get gave to the church they were supporting the church as whole as one body supporting it and as the church they saw those in need that needed help maybe some that were homeless some maybe were hungry they gave them food they gave them shelter and this is how they did and how they worked and we saw the holy spirit blessing their actions at this point and seeing how they had they were obedient to the Lord through the Holy Spirit to help others. They, they were making a difference in all the world. And so we see Barnabas, and it names him because he was 
he's a key person here later on, later through Acts, we see with uh, uh, him being part of the missionary journeys later on. But he had land and sold it, brought the money, and laid it to the apostles' feet. So many had started doing this and raising, supporting the church. Really, the church was in a strong position here. But then we come to chapter 5, and I've titled this, When Sin Enters the Church. We see Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land? So let's see what he did. Verse 1. So everything was going good. Now we see verse 1. But a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession and kept back part of the price. His wife also being privy to it and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. Now we see here, I think someone caught up in their uh, in selfishness to say it plainly is they were being selfish. They had this kind of a well, I see what everyone else is doing, what all these Christians are doing. They're selling the lands and giving it all to the church. And this is a huge movement. And so I can see that they wanted to be part of this movement. So they said, we're going to do the same thing. But at week, it says they sold a, sold a possession. So it doesn't say that for sure what at this point. But the money, the total monies for this possession, they held back part of the price. And we see a Satan lie. They had this scheme that, well, I'm going to get over on the church. I'm going to make it appear that like everyone else, I've given my all, all my possessions. I'm going to look like them. I'm going to get the credit like they did. They were wanting credit for themselves, it seems. But we're going to keep back some of it, and we're going to gain for ourselves. And we see that they had held back part of the money. They decided to claim that they gave all of it. And we see here that they headed to the church. They were fixing to give this money to the, to the church. So we see this lie that they had, this scheme that they had come up with to try to, I don't, to, try to take advantage of, of the church for themselves. So we see that the uh, the Holy Ghost intervenes here. The Holy Ghost intervention here with verse three. So he informs Peter that Ananias and Sapphira lied because you notice that the next thing, verse three, how did Peter know? He did only one that knew was Ananias and Sapphira. They were the only two that knew about that this happened. So Ananias walks up to the church where, to the the offerings to give the offering. And he's, he's posing as he had given 100% of this possession. And Peter says, Ananias, why has Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land? While it remained, was it not thine own? And after it was sold, was it not in thine own power? Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart? Why hast thou, hast, thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God? So the Holy Ghost informs Peter, and Peter confronts Ananias 
with this sin that he committed. Peter was aware of it by his, um, through the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit wants to remember that this, the, the power of the Holy Spirit is so realized is that he's, he's, as now, he's promised where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I will be in the midst. Amen. Same here at this point. The Holy Spirit was here. He was at the forefront of everything they did, as should be here. So the Holy Spirit tells Peter, this man has lied and he's trying to deceive the church. That's a very dangerous thing to try to deceive the church. Try, because you're not, you're not facing just an organization of people. You're going up against the Lord God Almighty. And if we try to take advantage of the church in any way, God already knows a thought in your heart, for one. And he knows of your, what your intentions are. And he will correct them. And we see here that he's been confronted of his sin. And Peter calls it outright that Satan had filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost. Because as, we, as Peter explains here, it was his possession, whatever it was. He owned it. It was his. He could have decided to give a quarter of it. He could have decided to give a half of it. He could have given three quarters of it. He could have decided, well, I'm, maybe he wasn't in that, the position to be able to give all 100% of this possession. He could have kept part of it. It was nothing wrong with to give part of it. There was nothing wrong. And Peter mentions that in verse 4. While it remained, was it not thine own? Before he even made this decision, it was his. After it was sold, was it not yours? You could decide what to do with the money. Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart? Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. And a very, it was his right to keep it in the first place, but we see that the, Peter says that Satan filled thine heart to lie. So he must have, Ananias must have left the, the door open to the devil, and he didn't put any, he, he wasn't, he became envious, became prideful, arrogant, and decided, well, if I can do this, I, for some reason he thought he could get away with it, with just trying to deceive the church. But the Holy Ghost warns Peter. Peter confronts that it's a dangerous thing to let sin into the church. If we're to say they had accepted that his actions and he was part of the church, which he, at this point he was, he wanted to make his donation, but he lied. And he was part of this, the church, the body of Christ here. Well, do you think he would have just stopped at this, this one possession? And just said, well, I lied and I took advantage of the church at this point and I'm done. I'm just going to quit here. It would have continued. Sin is like a cancer. If left alone, it just keeps growing and growing and growing and growing. And it had to be stopped. I know the people who will have problems and will let them continue to happen and continue to happen without addressing them. And there's issues that if unresolved, they may be minor at first, maybe something small, yet if left to themselves can destroy a whole church. It is very important to, uh, to, to handle these things and the Lord tells us how to handle them. And we see in this, this account here, the Holy Ghost had told Peter 
told Peter, and he addressed it. He didn't let it fly. He didn't let it come in the door. While it remained, was it not thine own? After it was sold, was it not in thine own power? Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart? Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. You know you can't fool God. You can't fool the Holy Spirit. You can't fool Jesus. You, you've put blinders, a uh, blindfold on to think that we can get away with our selfish desires and try to and, and and think God will accept our selfish desires, our selfish wants, and get away with it, and think that it will be honoring and pleasing to Him. It is impossible. So we see in Numbers thirty-two, chapter thirty-two, verse twenty-three says. Be sure your sins will find you out. Be sure that 100% your sins will find you out. There's no way to get around it. God knows every action, every movement of yours. It can't be hidden. So here we see now, we see the consequences. There are consequences to your actions. There's consequences to my actions. We've got to be very careful that we are honoring and pleasing to God in everything that we do. Especially when it comes to the house of God. We are to uphold His house because it's holy. God said, be ye holy because I am holy. He didn't say, look to your neighbor and well, if they're only doing it halfway, I can do it just a little more than that. Or if they're doing so-so, I can do it just a little bit better and I'm good. He said, look to me. I be holy because I am holy. There's no excuse. We are, knowing us, we're humans, we're imperfect, but our goal is to be like Christ, who is the author and finisher of our faith. We're to look to Him and follow Him. We don't try to follow those that are beside us. We help those that are beside us, those that need help. We're to have our eyes on Christ so that we can follow the weaker one beside us and lift them up to Christ and help them pick them up. I'm going to fall. I may fall in a a ditch and get stuck, and I need to be pulled out. I need another Christian who can pull me out. I don't need someone else that's doing the same thing I've done and fall in the ditch with me. I need someone who knows more experience, more is obedient to the Lord, who can help me and pull me out, lift me up. So that's what we are to each other. So we see the consequences here with Ananias. Verse 5. And Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and gave up the ghost. This was immediate. As soon as Peter had stopped talking to him and addressed the sin, the Holy Spirit took care of the rest. Peter called to his Ananias' attention how he should. The Holy Spirit took care of the, the consequences. The Lord says, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. So we've got to be careful. We need to call sin out, and sin is sin. Call Call it out. Don't let it go. Don't let it slide. Don't let it creep into the church. Call it out. We um, address it. We rebuke it. That's what I was looking for. Rebuke the sin. We don't let it slip in the church. We don't let it affect the body of Christ. And this is what Peter did. He addressed it. He stopped it here. The Holy Spirit, because of Peter's obedience, he took care of it immediately. Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and gave up the ghost. 
and great fear came on all of them that heard these things. Now we say, isn't that a little drastic that he killed them right there on the spot? That's how, no, it's not. The Lord, we see His grace and His mercy extended to us, thankfully, because there's been times that I've done wrong that I've had to be corrected, but the Lord didn't, didn't take my life immediately, praise God. He left me here to use me. But that's how bad He gave us this example to stop it. Cut it off immediately. Don't let any sin enter the church. The church is a holy place and a place designed for Christians to worship the Lord and to grow close to Him, lift up His name and honor and glorify Him. And this momentum, great momentum going with the Christian, the Christians here, we see the Holy Spirit moving. We see the unity. And it was mentioned at least twice. He said all things were in common. And they that believed were together and had all things in common. And again, it was mentioned in verse uh, chapter 4, verse 32, And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. Neither said any of them that aught of the things which he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. It's important for us, not saying here today that you need to go sell you all your possessions and then give all the money to the church. I'm not saying that. The Lord will, through the Holy Spirit, tell you what you need to do. But we as a body of Christ need to work together in unity daily as the church here. Let's keep going in verse 6. The young men arose, wound him up, and carried him out and buried him. Notice he was by himself. Let's see verse 7. It was about the space of three hours after when his wife, not knowing what was done, came in. Peter answered unto her, Tell me whether you sold the land for so much. And she said, Yea, for so much. Then Peter said unto her, How is it that ye have agreed together to tempt the Spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of them which have buried thy husband are at the door, and shall carry thee out. Then she fell down straightway at his feet, and yielded up the ghost. And the young men came in and found her dead, and carrying her forth, buried her by her husband. And great fear came upon all the church, and upon as many as heard these things. A grave account just took place. Two people lost their life, lives, and it was because of disobedience against the Holy Spirit and against the church. And this is an example for us to take to consider the importance the the gravity of our actions if we're to try to as these did take advantage we say well how can we do that we're not going to tell the church this is what i say we had a piece of land to sell it and we tell them i sold it for this amount but we held back ten thousand dollars hopefully we don't do that in other ways is our tithes and offerings the lord said to give ten percent that's our tithe, our offerings, anything above 10%, we act as if we've given our tithes 10% we've only given 8%. That's a similar, that's a similar example there. We're not lying to the Lord. And the Lord God in Micah says, wherefore have you robbed God? And then he says, in your tithes and offerings. 
So that's one example that we can do such a thing. Now God, the Holy Spirit took it serious, and then he took their lives here immediately. He didn't wait. As soon as Ananias had spoke that he had, had uh, proclaimed this lie, the Lord took his life and he gave up the ghost. When his wife Sapphira comes in, she says, yes, I've sold it for this. She didn't know what happened to Ananias. She thought, well, he must have, I don't see him, so he got away with it. He's in, he's in there fellowshipping somewhere with some, somebody he knows. She didn't know. And she, so she said the same lie. She didn't tell the truth. Her life was taken immediately. And we had kind of... Uh, lackadaisical in our approach to worshiping the Lord sometimes. I'm including myself. And as I look at this, this section here, and I hope, pray to the Lord that I, that I would, I watch myself, how I act, how I live, how I carry myself. I am a Christian. I, I have given my heart and life to the Lord, and I serve Him. It's important that we reflect that on a daily basis with everything we do. So we've got to be careful because there, we still have consequences. There, like this was immediate. With us, it may not be immediate, but there are for sure guaranteed consequences. Amen. 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 And a lot of times we, we will go through and say, well, I didn't get caught yet. So that gives us a little more courage to do a little more. But as in Numbers 32 says, be sure your sin will find you out. There's no, no way to get around it. And this is what this, this chapter, this section is about. The, it says that, verse 11, Great fear came upon all the churches and upon as many as heard these things. There was the respect given to the Lord, given to the Holy Spirit, because He means business. He's it's not a joke. It's not a game. When we talk about the Holy Spirit, when we worship Him, we worship our Savior. We worship Him in spirit and in truth, He says. We are to uh, to do that and approach it in that respect. Uh, John chapter 16 Go there real quick. Believe this. So remind us of this, the work of the Holy Ghost, uh, John chapter sixteen. Verse 7 says, Nevertheless, I tell you, the truth is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Verse 13. Howbeit, when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. So we look back here, back at the words of Jesus, speaking of the Holy Ghost, saying He must leave. He must step out of the, the picture here for the Holy Ghost to come into the picture, the Comforter. 
He comforts us in all things that we do in Christ and through our daily life. He leads us and guides us. Notice verse 13, it says, He, the Spirit of truth, is come. There, can, there is no lie in Christ. There's no lie in God, no lie in the Holy Spirit. He is truth. Remember when Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. The Spirit is truth and of truth. When He has come, He says He will guide you into all truth. Notice the Holy Spirit kept His promise with Peter. Peter is there helping direct the church and taking in the, the, the donations there. And Peter catches Ananias in a lie through the Holy Spirit. He was warned of this. And if we're tuned in with the Holy Spirit, we'll see things like this that would the Holy Spirit brings to our attention. We just we have to make sure we deal with them and we address them. We don't let them go. We don't there are very very sad things that take place if we were to head take that route. Except these these uh, the lies of the devil. We have uh We hear a lot of times that, oh, it was just a fib, or it was just a white lie, or something like that. We're trying to, trying to, um, I guess, redeem ourselves. Try to say it's okay, whatever it was. That was just. It wasn't that bad. Well, it wasn't that bad that Ananias said he sold his land for this amount, but he held back part of it. The Lord took his life. It wasn't that bad, but when Sapphira came in and was asked the same question, the Holy Spirit took her life too because it was a lie. There was no fib, no white lie. Lie is a lie. One of the Ten Commandments, and we're found guilty, and God gives us grace and mercy. Praise the Lord. But we've caught in a lie. We've disobeyed, but His mercy extends to us. His grace extends to us, and He helps us to not do it again. And I praise the Lord for that. Look at another example in Luke chapter 21 and verse 1. And he looked up and saw the rich men casting their gifts into the treasury. This is Jesus looking. He looked up and saw the rich men casting their gifts into the treasury. He saw also a certain poor widow casting in thither two mites. And he said, Of a truth I say to you that this poor widow hath cast in more than they all. For all these have of their abundance cast in unto the offerings of God, but she of her penury hath cast in all the living that she had. We look at this account, we see that Ananias didn't completely trust in the Lord. He didn't completely trust in the, the Holy Spirit. It was a self-trust. It was a life of the devil, we see. He was convinced that he'd better take care of himself first instead of trusting in the Lord. The Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct your paths. And that's still the same promise today. I encourage you today to, to do the same, to be able to, to put our trust, our faith and trust in Jesus Christ 
He's as Christians, He indwells in us through the Holy Spirit. Trust Him. Trust Him 100%. We see the... They were envious. Since Ananias and Sapphira were not only guilty of lying to the Holy Spirit, but of hypocrisy and covetousness, they were obviously concerned with what the other believers would think of them once they gave their gift. They had some peer pressure working on them and they caved in. And that's why I went back to Luke chapter 21. We see the same thing with the Pharisees, the Sadducees. They would make sure that people, while people were watching, they dropped in their big coins, heavy coins and gold and their whatever else they had that made a lot of noise that fell into the offering plate. They wanted other people to see and say, look at this, look what I did, look at me. Ananias and Sapphira were kind of the same trying to, had this, well they did it, well we're going to do it, but we're, we're going to uh, one-up them. But I encourage you today to this, to be careful of how we, we uh, handle what is the Lord's. Let's all stand with our heads. The invitation is open. And Lord willing, we'll continue tonight with verse chapter 5 and verse 12. We'll pick up there, Lord willing, tonight. But as we stay on this account here, I hope if the Lord is working with you, um, as He is working with me, I pray that we would be willing to the Holy Spirit and obedient. The altar is open if we have something to... Uh, to get to the burdens that we have to lay them at his feet at the altar the Lord is convicting us we want best to step forward and be obedient to him and I encourage you to do so let's pray dear father Lord we thank you for today thank you for your many blessings thank you for what you've done for us and what you've given us uh, we thank you that for these accounts that you've given us you could you show us your love, you show us your mercy, your grace, you show us the, the gravity of the situation when we try to take our, um, take what you've told us to do and try to tweak it or do it our own way or do it uh, in a selfish way and you will straighten things out and I hope that we would be careful to follow you to be obedient to your will and your way in everything that we do at church, at home, at work, school, wherever it is, Lord, I pray we'll be continually reminded that you are our God. You are whom we should be worshiping and following and that everything we have is yours. You've let us, we're stewards of it and I pray that we would handle it appropriately. I pray that we would honor and glorify you through everything that we do. I give you the glory and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen.